You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, please feel free to do so at 608 501 0718 new callers go directly to the front of the line i believe we do have some new callers but i just want to tell you first and foremost considering the massive breaking news that took place earlier today and the fact that we really need to kind of start honing it i want to start getting into the draft i probably should have told you guys this a long time ago but again call and talk about what you want to talk about but i want to start shifting real hard into the draft here all of that considered i'm going to start moving to the front of the line my goal is to get all the calls anyways, but I want to start at the front because we got to get some of this Aaron Rodgers stuff and, and everything else. Can't be like a couple hours after the Aaron Rodgers trade and it's like, hey, here's what I think about pizza. You know, everybody's just going to tune that out because everybody wants to listen to podcasts about Aaron Rodgers. You understand how this works. So anyways, um, with that said, we'll go with the new calls. Is it just the one who I think is not a new caller, but she didn't got a fake phone number so that they could be the new caller? Not naming any names, but we'll see how this goes. What up, G? It's me, Sri Long, calling from a different number. Oh, yeah. So I appear as a new caller. Yes, you do. That's right. I cheated everybody. Yeah. You can do that, too. Uh, true. Have a good time. Secret hint. Uh, I broke the news to you. I did it. It was me. Who It was broken to me by a fantasy football group. Also, Jets fans' tears are my beverage of choice for this evening. My goodness, are they so, so sad that they got fleeced. So I guess I have to put you in here as street law now, because now you have two numbers and two names I have to come up with. But yeah, so that'll be the intro to uh, this whole Aaron Rodgers thing, I suppose. It's true, I was, I was upstairs, and I was just getting ready to come downstairs. And I was just on the phone with Blaine like a second ago. I think he'd called me like twice already today. And I just got off the phone with him, grabbed a sandwich, grabbed some coffee, go downstairs, get ready to do the podcast. And he's calling me. I'm like, what? what's up, dude? And I forget the exact words, but it, it, it was just like, it's done. It's official. Like it's a th- I, I, I kind of knew what he was saying, but I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. So then you start panicking because it's like everybody knows stuff that I don't know. And it's been 18 seconds and this is unacceptable. 
So I'm trying to get on there. I'm trying to see. And then people are like already with their second and third takes. So nobody's actually saying what happened anymore. So I'm like, somebody just tell me the news. So then I go over to Ian and Ian just says that it happened. Can't find the compensation anywhere. Finally figure it out. Not going to go through that whole thing because I already went over that on the Breaking News podcast. But yeah, and then he and I are both just on the phone. And I'm like, so what happened? He's like, I don't know, dude. I just found out. I call it. I got a Breaking News thing, whatever. So we're, we're simultaneously, he's kind of giving me the details because I'm looking at Ian and he didn't say Jack, but he saw Schefter and Schefter had the de- details. He's reading me the details. I'm I'm not even listening, even though I'm trying to listen, but I'm also trying to look it up. So then he's like, so that's the details. And I'm like, yeah, so what? <laughs> say say that one part again, like the whole thing, because I'm frantically searching for things and I forgot to listen to the part where you told me what it was. But um, I'm excited. Here, here's the only thing I'll say, because it was a thought I had that I didn't mention on the Breaking News podcast in terms of this whole thing. Um, I, I, I I've noticed... I've been trying to find the whole tears thing, and I haven't seen a ton of it. Um, one of the things that I wanted to do immediately was go find uh, Rich Eisen. And Rich Eisen had sort of a breaking news thing. He's in his car. He pulled over. And he had the freaking audacity to do a, a little mini podcast where he said, I told you so. You freaking D-bag. And, and the way he phrased it was, I told you the Packers had no choice but to trade Aaron Rodgers, and they did. Like, you piece of garbage. If First of all, if the Packers... I, I should save this because I'm going to want to do this later, but... <sighs> I'm going to save it. The point is, though, there tends to be a lot of pivoting. You know, some people are being vocal. Like, some Jets fans are straight up just being like, this is garbage, I hate this. One of the things I read in the breaking news thing, I literally was just dying laughing. But a lot of them... They don't want to lose the argument, so they're just like, this is basically what we all thought anyways. It's no big deal. Okay, yeah, maybe kind of, but also not really. Not really. Not really at all. Let me tell you what, what if I could summarize what it sounded like was going to happen. One second round pick this year, which we got, and then I was leaning probably toward, not, not what I, just saying what it sounded like most people were saying, a conditional second round pick, meaning it's not even going to be a second if he doesn't play. So like a second and a third, maybe. And here's the other thing. Even if you said it was a conditional first, where it was a second that became a first, which was not the most uh, prevalent thing that I was hearing, the contingency is what matters. Everybody was saying it was contingent on Rodgers playing next year, which nobody thought he was going to do. So you got to understand, we're talking about a third round pick that becomes a second round pick, although nobody thinks the contingency will be met, so it ends up being a third round pick. But instead of that... We get a second-round pick that becomes a first-round pick in a scenario in which everybody assumes the condition will be met. And so, in other words, instead of a third-round pick-ish, it becomes a first-round pick in addition to the second-round pick. And it was the highest second-round pick. It didn't have to be that one. Not that there's really that big of a difference. But again, all these... Oh, and a pick swap on top of it. And everyone... Oh, the pick swap doesn't matter, and the later-round stuff doesn't matter, and which second-round pick doesn't matter... So it was basically a second-round pick and then a second-round pick, which is kind of what we thought, two second-round picks. No, 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 BS. So here, here is the test, and then I'll, then I'll move on. You can say it's close if you want. Find me one prominent person who had a trade that was as high or higher in value. I, I, I might just go do this myself. Go find everybody that said, here's what I think it's going to be. Because there were some out there that were close, but almost every single one of them that was close was lower. In other words, lesser value for the Packers. So all these people that just don't want to lose the argument and say, well, that's pretty much what we thought anyways. Bullcrap. Nobody 
And yes, you can find Packer fans are like, we're going to get six first round picks or whatever. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about NFL, ESPN, talk to Rich Eisen. Did Rich Eisen think that they would do a pick swap and pick 42 and essentially most likely, in other words, what is most likely to happen and a 2024 first round pick? Is that what he said was most likely? I doubt it very much lying sack of garbage and he's so arrogant he's sitting in his car going i love this i love saying things are gonna happen and then it happens oh you mean you said you think the deal's gonna happen and then it happened like everybody on planet earth said you freaking low life i didn't realize i disliked rich eisen until this whole thing happened the arrogance of that guy drives me insane and by the way this whole thing started because he was super arrogant about his hatred for aaron Rodgers, and i was defending him against Defending Aaron Rodgers against him because he was so condescending to Aaron Rodgers. That's what started my disdain for Rich Eisen. And then he gets pissy because it's like he doesn't even want Rodgers there because he can't stand Rodgers. And then he starts saying that the Packers have no leverage and they're not. the Jets are not going to be giving up all this stuff because they have no leverage. Then the Jets give up way more than anybody thought because, oh, I don't know, maybe because the Packers actually had quite a bit of leverage. And he's actually going to pull over in his car with a big old stupid smile on his face and look dead into his cell phone camera and say, I love being right. I just love saying things are going to happen and then it happened. I'm going to punch you in your throat. Take the L, okay? Anyways, again, we're, we're going to do the calls. We're just going to go in reverse orders. So we're going to start from newest and go from there. So, Jersey Mike, what's going on, man? Hey, man, this is Jersey Mike. Hey. Uh, so after I went on some tirades this morning, uh, greatness happened today. I mean, by now, you probably already covered it. That Aaron Rodgers has been fighting. Um, and it, it's like we get to we get to move on finally. Um, did I, did I mention that this is the best birthday week ever? <laughs> I swear to God, guys, thank me, because if I wasn't turning 30 this year, none of this stuff would be happening. Just, just saying. This, this, this is magic. It's my birthday this week. This is magic. I'm hitting the, you know, that 30 mark. I, I'm, I'm taking all the credit. It's on me. But anyway, uh, I want to really share my thoughts on this. Um, I was kind of on the boat with you where just get rid of him and if we get something for him, that'll be better than nothing. And then I'm thinking about it and I'm looking at him like this. We got, we got rid of Brett Farm, right? And we got a competitive, right? We just took the Jets. We moved up to 13, which quite frankly, I have no idea what you're doing good because with 13, maybe that was just like, Make yourself feel a little bit better. Cool. Whatever. Swap picks. Right? We get their first second, which quite frankly is going to be the only opportunity I believe we'll be able to get Darnell Washington in the right. second round if he even falls to the second round. Yep. And then, you know, oh, well, we, we got a six, but we gave them a seventh or something like that, or 170 or whatever. So we moved up on that. And then we, we got what? Everybody's thinking it's going to be a conditional second, but I guarantee you it's going to be a first. Unless Aaron Rodgers breaks his back somehow in the middle of the season next year, whatever, don't care. But we got a second or a first next year. We fleeced y'all. But here's the deal, right? Everybody's saying that Rodgers is washed up and nobody wants Aaron Rodgers and, you know, you should have traded him last year and you could have gotten so much value. We still got a bunch of value for Aaron Rodgers. End yeah. the story. We could have walked away with just a fourth, like Brett, with, with the Brett Favre deal. But anyway, here's what I'm really thinking, right? I'm really thinking is, 
this whole view sets up a, a precedent to the Green Bay Packers when it comes to the market. Look, the Packers are going to ask for what they want when it comes to our players, and you're going to give us what we right. want. And if not, well, you're not getting that player. Right. And I think that the, the way that Gutekunst handled this is to say, hey, listen, I know what our work is, and we're never going to settle. Anyway, go Pack go. You know, it's it's. I mentioned this back with when Aaron Rodgers first apparently was asking to be traded. Remember a couple of years ago when this whole thing got ruined by Schefter because Rodgers apparently was asking for a trade or whatever kind of stuff, and it was like, what the heck is going on here? And my whole thing was, just do it. Just do it. Just trade the guy. Like, I'm scared. We can get a ton of value now. He's going to retire. We're going to get nothing. Like, just go ahead and pull the trigger. And... um Gutekunst didn't did it didn't do it. He held firm and and dug in and just said, "Nope, he's under contract. You play for us. That's just the way it goes. Sorry, you don't get to just complain your way off the team." And that was one of the revelations I came to was that specific point. If you set a precedent where somebody can just threaten to leave and that's enough to get you off the team, then all anybody has to do is threaten to leave to get you off the team. Likewise with this stuff, if you set a precedent that you can be a pushover, people are just going to continue to push you over. If you break then people will know in negotiations to just wait you out, sweat you out, apply pressure, and they will break. So we now have two high-profile trades in which we got more compensation than we were supposed to get, in which the other parties gave up more than they were comfortable giving up, simply because Brian Gutekunst dug in his heels and said, absolutely not. We heard about the Devante trade, right? They wanted to give up, I think they just wanted to give up a first or something like that. And Gutekunst said, nope, a first and a second. And they said, that's too much. We're not doing that. It's, it's not the right value. What happened? Gutekunst said, okay, then he's not going there. And the Raiders are like, all right, fine, we'll do it. Aaron Rodgers, right? They don't want to give up you know, that, that first round pick in 2024 or whatever the debate came down to. Now, they didn't get the straight up first, but they put in something that has like a 95% chance of hit. You wonder if the Jets were bad enough if they would end up benching them so that they didn't have to give up a first round pick. <laughs> I don't know. Because I think he has to play 12 games. Because it's like 11.05, but if he plays 11, that would be sub-65%. By a small margin, but still less than. So if you're through 11 games and you've won three, sorry, Rodgers. <laughs> Unless he might play next year. You don't want to take this guy off. So that would be the leverage that Rodgers has, is do not tell them that you're leaving. Anyways, what were we talking about? Well, yeah, so, so Brian Gutekunst held firm, and he ended up getting more value than anybody thought. Now, again, I don't know where the sticking points were. It, it's not quite, and we'll see as, as news comes out, how this all played out, like with the Raiders or whatever. I'm sure that'll happen over the next several days and weeks and months or whatever. Um, but yeah, it, it's we, we're not going to break. We're not going to bend. I'm not going to be scared by you saying you have no leverage and sicking all the New York media and saying, we're fine taking this through the end of the year. We're fine if we don't get Aaron Rodgers. We don't All this nonsense, I couldn't care less. I will get right in front of any camera you want, look him dead in the face, and say, whatever happens, happens. I'm not worried about it. And I'm going to stand on that. I have the commodity. If you are not going to pay me what I want for it, then you will not get it, and you're not going to pressure me into giving it to you for less than I believe it's worth. Period. And you're right. That sets precedent moving forward. If you want to just bend and break and, and, and you know, negotiate with fear oh what if oh, oh, oh what if, oh, what if? well then all anybody's ever going to do is call you and say this is what i want and when you say no then they threaten you and you go oh, okay so it, it it is ne very necessary 
not just for Aaron Rodgers, but for all the trades moving forward. You need to set a precedent for this is how we operate. This is what we do. Hello, it's Thomas. Hello. Host of the Thomas Talking Show. Now Hi. Spotify. Hello. Uh, I called earlier. and I Should we play your earlier call? Oh, whatever. We'll do it backwards. Talked about soccer. As a Let's play the other call. This is going to get confusing. So, uh, yeah, just saw breaking news. Obviously, you're probably going to get a ton of people calling for your thoughts about the trade. Yes. So I want to talk about this. Okay. If you were anywhere else in the world... Where you can tell this is going to be such a Thomas Austin question. Soccer is the big game. Yeah. Uh, how, how do you feel that you would... Would you care as much about soccer as you do about football if you weren't a football fan and you lived somewhere else in the world? Just, just, just a curious thought. All right. Bye. No way to know, but I'm guessing if I grew up with a dad that was excited about XYZ soccer team, soccer club, whatever, I can't even think of a uh, <laughs> soccer team name, um, then yeah, there's a there's a good chance. So, I don't know. Anyways, Tom's second call here. Hello. Hey, I called ahead. earlier, and I talked about soccer uh-huh. as a joke about the whole Rogers thing. Yeah. So I'm going to ask a serious question. In lieu of this whole trading thing and the Packers getting fleeced, as we all know exactly what that is, the Packers just, you know, got rid of a person who's kind of, you know, <laughs> I don't know. and potentially got... <laughs> First round draft pick this year. Are you implying he's a homosexual? I'm sorry. I was. Con- I don't know what you're trying to say there. I'm just. That's if that's what you're saying. We don't condone that here on the show. That's rude. But we don't judge if that's what he chooses to do. Does that make? Do you understand what I'm telling you, Tom? How dare you, sir? And next year, so potentially for next year. Just uh, my my question is. Yeah. How successful of a pirate do you think you would have been? <laughs> Like, like, think of, like, the old-fashioned pirates, not the, you know, Tom Hanks movie, I Am the Captain Now. Yeah. Look at me. No, not that. But reg- regular old hard matey. Yep. Sail the seven seas. No, I get it. Looking after a treasure. That kind of pirate. Wow. How successful do you think you'd be? All How right. successful? Can I hear from you? Ciao. How successful? You always ask a question in such a way that it's it's got like a twist on it. You know what I mean? Like, because in my mind, immediately went to like, how would I have been able to handle it? Like, could I have done it? Could I have been a pirate? Could I have lived on a boat all those years? And but how successful? Now I got now I'm thinking like entrepreneur. Like, could I have made it to captain? Do they even have ranks as pirates? Probably not. I mean, like unofficial ranks, maybe. Or is it just like the guy that runs things and then a bunch of other guys? I'm not sure how that works. How successful? Probably not very, because you have to kind of be a psychopathic, murdering, crazy person um, whose only goal is to pillage, plunder, and steal money and stuff and just kind of kill everybody gets in the way. And I don't think I'd be good at that. 
In fact, I don't think I would have been a pirate, but then you're saying hypothetically I would have been, so I guess I would have been a sociopath, so I, I guess I, how good of a... I don't know. I don't know, Tom. I don't know the answer to the question, but thank you for calling. Hey, Ryan. Hey, How's Joe. How's it going, bud? I'm good. Joe. How are you? Janitor from Connecticut. Hi, Connecticut Joe. Well, anyways, I just got done listening to um, your breaking news, and uh, Aaron Rodgers has been traded. Yeah. I mean, it's about 7 o'clock now. I, uh, I saw it maybe 10 minutes after it happened. Um but yeah, after you know reading a bunch of bullshit um, on Twitter, it. finally getting to hear your podcast and a little bit more clear of what we got for Rogers. Um, I'm excited. I'm glad it's over and we don't have to talk about it anymore. I mean, I'm sure we're going to bring up Rogers. It'll be talked course. about. We're going to compare. Rogers is going to be. Uh, we're going to talk about it for a while, but um, it's going to be a lot less now. And it's uh, it's J Love time. It's J Love season. Let's go. Uh, let's go Packers. I just want to make this a quick call. Um, I'm happy, excited, and I'm sure everyone else is too. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers, RIP, love you, miss you. I like the the half drug addict comment. That was good. <laughs> All right, shalom. Shalom. Yeah. I don't. I don't know why I was expecting. Um... Well, let's see what Nate says, because I feel like this might be a little bit more what I was wow, expecting. Wow, wow. Mar- mark it up. It took 0. 0.05 milliseconds for every <laughs> analyst and everybody all over every news station to say that the Jets won this trade. Aaron hasn't played a down in New York yet. Not one. Not one. And we haven't even drafted any of the players yet, and they won the trade. Holy what I they get paid for this. I could do that. I could do that. Ryan, I I could totally do that. I can just say like, yep, yep, this person won this trade for absolutely no reason, um, just because I feel like it. That's that's my reasoning. I can do that. Why don't I make millions of dollars? Tell me, tell me why I'm not making millions of dollars working for ESPN. Let that go. I did notice early on it seemed to be very Jets heavy, and I think it's turned pretty rapidly to uh, Packers won the trade from what I've seen. Um, I was actually shocked to see how much, like the first comments I saw were, congratulations, the Jets are now Super Bowl contenders, the Packers are stuck with Jordan Love, ha ha ha. 33rd team I saw put out something like who won the trade. It was very early when they put that out, so there were only three comments, but all three said the Jets won, and I was like, are we really going to do this? Like, is this how this is going to go? And I'm going to be battling people over this nonsense. And um, then I think that's when I recorded the podcast and I was even telling you kind of live on there, like, it sounds like everybody thinks the Jets won. And then I went back and read the PFF thing. It's like Packers, 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 Packers. So at some point, people got a little educated or maybe Jets fans are just super fast on the Twitters. I don't know. But it seems to have taken a hard turn. I'm still very interested in uh, what some of these big-name analysts who are big Jets fans are going to say. Again, Rich Eisen already ticked me off. But I'm very curious, as as he has more time to, to settle in and maybe kind of get punched in the face on Twitter a couple times, maybe he's going to have to address some of the comments he's made. I don't know. It'll be very interesting to go through and see what some people are saying. But yeah, I, I did notice there was, again, there's some people who are in the Packers have no leverage camp that have just pivoted 
Two, I don't really want to address the whole leverage or who won or the compensation thing. Like, I don't want to talk about it. Let's talk about something else. Like, oh, man, the Jets are going to win the Super Bowl. Or the Jet. like, this is such a great day for the Jets. And congratulations to the Jets. And, oh, by the way, the Packers are now poverty with Jordan Love. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought we were talking about the compensation. Like, we don't want to talk about that anymore. And it's funny, too, like, how, how those same people also are really hammering the Jordan Love thing. As though that means anything. Like, oh, I, I, I want to talk about how I know magically that Jordan Love is going to be bad as a way of like getting angry about the fact that Packer fans are cheering. You know, it just it just feels petty like, "Oh yeah, Jordan Love." Like, did you who did you think was going to be the quarterback? There's like this big thing like, "Oh wow, you you guess what? Jordan Love's your quarterback now." Jordan Love has been our quarterback since Aaron Rodgers says he wanted to leave the Green Bay Packers. This is not breaking news. You're just trying to throw that in my face cuz you lost the freaking argument and now you're being a petty child. Jets fans and Bears fans, like, oh, poverty franchise. Like, bro, are you serious right now? You don't want to have a discussion about this anymore? You don't want to talk about the compensation anymore? What happened to that, like, you guys are getting a third-round pick and that's it? You're going to take a third-round pick and you're going to like it or whatever. Which, again, as far as I can tell, there's the, the lowest value is what Jets fans thought the Packers would get. Then there's what the Packers fans thought the Packers would get. And then above that is what the Packers actually got. <laughs> like, I, I really, I'm over here thinking, if we get two seconds, I'll take it. We got better than that. In fact, two seconds and a pick swap would have been super dope, and we got better than that. And ultimately, yeah, it... it, it I don't want to say it doesn't matter, because it does. Because people run their freaking mouth so much about nonsense, and they've been wrong, and now they don't want to talk about it anymore. Where are you going, Rich? You want to talk about the compensation? Well, suddenly it's not about, not about the Packers have no leverage. Now it's about, I just said the deal was going to get done. I knew it. You hose bag. Hey, Ryan. Once again, this is Dakota, that nerd in Tennessee. Hey. So, um, earlier I called just to see how quickly, you know, I called. But uh, okay. now that I have just a little bit of time, I do kind of want to give my opinion. It's one of the negatives of going backwards, but it is what it is. And over um, the whole trade. So, I like it. I mean, in my honest, humble, and probably dumb opinion, um, if you would have told me, and, you know, if you would have told me when Aaron Rodgers was drafted that we're going to get 15 years of play from another Hall of Fame QB and then a second-round pick at the end of his uh, career when we trade him to somebody else, I would have been like, let's take it. Let's do it. That would have excited me. Uh, But not only do we get that second-round pick, I mean, we get to bump up two picks in the first round. You know, we do a fifth or sixth swap or uh, whatever those numbers were. And then, of course, we get a conditional pick that is going to be a second, conditionally a first, if you play 65% next year. This year. Uh, or this year. It actually didn't even, it didn't specify, but I assume it meant 65% of snaps next year. I thought it was great. Uh, my only concern is um, I've seen people be, you know, calling some master class by Budokun. That is not the first time uh, that it has been described or one of Budokun's trades, be it in the draft or for a person or a player, has been described as a master class. How soon are people going to forget about it and start trashing Goody? There you go. Hmm? I'm just curious. 
how soon? I have faith in the guy. And I honestly think he got more than what we should have got for Rodgers. I'm stoked. But uh I can tell you, I won't forget it. This is going to be awesome. Man, I can't wait. Jordan Love, I'm going to call back later and probably sing something with the word love in it because I'm weird like that. All right, y'all. Peace. I mean, how soon after the quick turnaround in 2019 did people forget? How soon after the hiring of Matt LaFleur did people forget? How soon after Zadarius and Preston and Amos were brought in, um, who were incredible football players, some of the best the entire year in the free agency class, and none of them were even top of their position, did people forget? How soon after we drafted Rashawn Gary did people forget? How soon after we drafted Jair, and not just drafted him, trade back, get a first-round pick, then go up and get Jair? How soon after that freaking masterclass do people forget about Brian Gutekunst? How soon after we brought in uh, Devondre Campbell and he becomes the number one corner in football do people forget? How soon after we brought in Razul Douglas and he becomes one of the top corners after doing nothing in, in his NFL career, how soon do people forget? How soon after we trade Devontae for more than he's worth do people forget? The answer to the question, people already forgot about this Rodgers trade. By the way, speaking of, uh, you know, masterclass and whatnot, might be a slight exaggeration, but it was a fantastic deal for the Packers, considering, you know, they have no leverage. Um, I'm curious, has anybody gotten an update from Pat McAfee? Because I know he was he was really questioning this because he knew already that the Jets had a great GM, but I, I I think he said that he thought maybe Gutekunst was kind of a freaking idiot. Certainly implied it, um, and, and and you know the the jury was still out, the verdict was still out on Brian Gutekunst um, and the fact that he was dealing with a genius and maybe had a slightly lower IQ. I'm just curious if there's an update in terms of Pat McAfee's view on Brian Gutekunst. My assumption is that it hasn't changed at all because his entire opinion on Gutekunst has to do with his buddy Aaron Rodgers, and since Aaron Rodgers is still his friend and Aaron Rodgers still hates Brian Gutekunst, that his opinion isn't going to change because, again, it wasn't based on any facts anyways. It was based on personal relationships. But um, I'm just wondering if we got an update. Like, So what do you think? Because I, I I know you were you were leaving that open for interpretation. I'm just curious if you've kind of ran the numbers to determine whether or not you think maybe Brian Gutekunst is a good GM yet. We'll circle back to that. Tell you what, I should have been smart enough to notice this to begin with. I can tell there's a definitive line of when this happened. So we're gonna go right here at 3:20 p.m. Dakota, that nerd again, was the first person to call in. Hey, this is Dakota. Dakota, that nerd in Tennessee, and I'm. I mean, I'm so excited he forgot his name. Because I literally just saw the Adam Schefter tweet about the trade compensation per sources for um, the Jets getting Aaron Rodgers, and um, I have no critiques. I mean, I like it, um, but I have no critiques. I have nothing I want to ask about. I'm sure everybody's going to ask way better questions than I ever would. I just wanted to know one thing: Am I the first caller? You are. If not, <laughs> mission accomplished. Dang. That's my whole goal. Be the first caller on Packernet After Dark that mentions the Adam Schechter tweet about the, you know, whole Aaron Rodgers ordeal. Yep. We'll find out. You made Be history. Deal. I'm sorry I didn't play it first. That would have made this more historic, but I failed 
And I apologize. Uh, first caller by five minutes, in fact. But anyways, uh, somehow we're 30 minutes into this already. Why don't we take a quick break? We'll come back and see what Garrett from Southern Illinois has got to say. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, it's Monday afternoon, and breaking news from Adam Schefter, looks like the J-E-T-S is getting A-R-O-D. Yeah. It's about to happen, people. Looks like we're getting a a 13, a second-round pick, a sixth-round pick, and a conditional first-round pick possibly next year. So uh, I think Goot did his job, and I think we're going to draft quite well this year. So, excuse me if I'm a little giddy. It's about time. I will miss you, Mr. Rogers. I hope you will. But uh, it's the love era, and uh, I think we're moving on up. To quote a Jefferson theme song, I'm out. 
Yeah, and by the way, um, there have been a lot of people who've called in and said, you know, I don't really have any animosity. I hope he really plays well. Heck, I hope he goes and, and wins the Super Bowl, assuming we're not the Stop saying that. You have to stop saying that at this point because we have picks next year based on what the Jets do. And you got to understand, think about that. I mean, very seriously, if the Jets completely bomb out, right? And let's say the Packers very seriously bomb. Let's say Jordan Love is not the answer. Dude is garbage. And we end up getting like the seventh pick in the draft. What if the Jets are really bad also? And they end up getting like the 10th pick in the draft or something, right? Similar to how bad the Packers were, except, you know, it's Aaron Rodgers not playing well, terrible offensive line, no chemistry with his wide receivers and whatnot. Um, and um, yeah, so, so, so that's sort of the situation. We, we potentially are in a situation where we could trade up very, very high and get a very, very good quarterback in potentially the best quarterback class since the Jordan Love class. It's technically not impossible, although extremely unlikely, that we could be getting a top five pick from the New York Jets. At the very least, that's what we should be begging for, is a loss in every single game. If you're rooting for Aaron Rodgers, like if you want the ultimate test of whether or not you are a Packers fan or a Rodgers fan, it will entirely come down to when the Jets play on Sunday, are you rooting for the Jets to win or to lose? If you're rooting for them to win, you're rooting for Rodgers at the detriment of the Green Bay Packers. Every loss is another pick for us. We move up the ladder and get higher and higher and better and better picks next year. Oh, and by the way, I will be starting 2024 mock drafts with the assumption that we're getting two picks starting immediately. 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 That's what's going to happen. Hey, it's Nate calling in because I saw the uh, Rogers trade was um, officially finalized and they have the compensation. I don't know if I'm going to be in the minority or not here because I'm sure everybody else is calling in about it already. Uh, but, I mean, we swap first, so we move up a couple spots. We get a second-round pick, so we still have a decent draft pick there. And then we also get a sixth and possibly a second next year. I mean, I'm okay with it. Uh, I didn't think Rodgers was worth a whole lot. I, that's not a secret I've said many times. I thought all we were going to get was a second-round pick at best, if not a third or fourth. Um, I mean, Brett Favre went for a fourth, so, like, why would it be all that much different? Um, but, I mean, just wanted him a little bit more than I was anticipating, I guess. So I'll take it. I'm sure other people are going to be like, we should have got uh, their first outright or something like that. Man, just, like, dude's 100 years old. He's probably not going to play next year. Like, it, it makes sense. All right, let's just let's take it. Let's pick up some good guys and let's go. Go pack up. Yeah, and, and I'll be honest. I, I would you got to understand, the compensation we got, and it depends on the chart, but um, the compensation that we got based on the old chart um, says that basically the compensation was identical to if they would have just given us 13, but I would absolutely rather have this than 13. It's, it's more picks, first of all, which is a benefit. I mean, think about it. Would you rather have, you get your 13 and 15 and then you're done. So you get... Paris Johnson and JSN. Don't get me wrong, that'd be great. But we're already getting one of those guys. Let's just assume. So you're getting, in addition to whoever we were going to draft, JSN or Paris Johnson. But then you're done. Or would you rather be able to get the priority of one of those guys that you want and get an additional second-round pick and then get another first-round pick next year? It's better and it's more. 
especially considering this draft class, not super primo. Well, we got the monkey off our back. Yes, sir. Just found out minutes ago. Yes. Adios, Aaron Rodgers. Thanks for all the hard work. We treated you right by paying you millions upon millions of dollars. Enjoy your time with the Jets. Just saw your Twitter thing about drafting a quarterback. Definitely going to happen. Um, so be prepared for that. I think maybe we should scout the quarterbacks a little more. Um, a little deeper, anyhow. Um, let's see what else. Okay. I don't know what else. I was just happy. Saving cap space. Get to move on. All right, buddy. Talk to you later. Hasta la vista. <laughs> Baby. Yeah, Bramble's having a real good uh, real good time over there. Um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely going to be a quarterback added. Um, whether that's through the draft, I don't really obviously know whether that's going to happen or not. Um, I, I have a feeling whatever quality of quarterback they could get at whatever spot they would get them, fifth round or whatever, is probably similar to what they could pick up pretty much anywhere. However... Considering the success of later round quarterbacks recently, um, I understand the appeal of drafting somebody, you know, because all these other guys, even though probably about the, the talent you can get elsewhere, um, I mean, my initial thought would be why draft a sixth round quarterback who has a 0% chance of becoming anything when you could draft somebody else that has an actual chance of becoming something and then just either get an undrafted free agent quarterback or pick up some guy off the street. But it's not actually 0%. Some of the guys you pick up off the street, they're zero. Because you've seen them play for a while, and you know that they're zero. But there's actually a chance with some of these guys. So they're looking for the next... I, I hate that we even keep talking about Brock Purdy like we know the guy's going to be great. As if we don't see this happen every single year where some nobody, some late-round guy, undrafted free agent, whatever, has a sort of flash in the pan, couple weeks playing well, not even elite, but like competent. Like, dang, they're actually like a real... NFL quarterback that isn't completely incompetent. That's crazy. And then the next year they play, and it's like, oh, wait, no, no, actually straight up incompetent. So probably should do better than that. But anyways, yeah, we're going to have to add a quarterback, and there is a good chance that will be in the draft at some point. But I don't want to just say that it's automatic. There's undrafted free agency. There's regular old free agency. So um, we'll see how the the chips fall. I'd prefer not to just because I like a lot of the prospects do not like the quarterbacks, and definitely don't think they're going to be anything. Um, how much do you want to invest in a backup? Not a ton. Hey, Ryan, it's me again. I remembered. Um, I'm sure you're going to do it in the podcast, but I was wondering if you go over the total um, draft pick compensation that was uh -huh. given up by the Jets to Rodgers with the swap and the whatever. All right, man. Bye. Yeah, I did it already, but... Um... Since you asked, I guess I'll do it again. I gotta look it up because I don't remember the whole fifth, sixth round thing, I guess. Well, first off, I should start with this because Brian Gutekunst made it very, very clear about 19 times in his press conference. The deal is not officially done. The details are not officially official. And so technically there is no trade and we don't know any of the official details quite yet. And it is possible that there could be some changes and some things that 
we're not in the official this, that, or the other, but I don't think that's going to happen. We shall see. But anyways, the compensation is a pick swap. So we get pick 13, they get pick 15. We get their pick 42. They had two second round picks. We get their first second round pick. And pick 42 is, well, technically it's pick 41 because a first round pick is forfeited. So we'll throw that out there. But it's like the, I don't know, I forget it. What, 11th pick in the second round? Something like that? So there's that. Certainly within striking distance of trading back up into the first round if we so chose or however we want to work that. We are giving the Jets our fifth round pick. We're getting back their sixth round pick. So it's sort of like another pick swap, I guess, just to kind of balance out some numbers or whatever. Relatively inconsequential, but it's in their favor. And I don't think we had a sixth round pick, so it's like our fifth just becomes a sixth or whatever. Then next year we get a... uh, I'm not even going to call it a conditional second. It's a first round pick unless Aaron Rodgers doesn't play 12 games or more. He has to play two-thirds of the season. If he doesn't, because of injury, if he misses six games, let's say, I think it's six games, then it becomes a second-round pick. However, as many people have pointed out, if he misses six games, their record will probably not be very good, so it should be a high second-round pick. So worst-case scenario, we get moved from 15 to 13, we get the number 11 pick in the second round, and we get a high second-round pick next year. Isn't it nice that uh, now these GMs and Aaron Rodgers have all collectively finished everything that they wanted to do so they can stop edging us as fans, and we can all have a collective climax? I'm, I'm into it. I'm into it. I hope you're into it. Again, I'm happy with the outcome, and, uh, and I'm just so thankful that this is finally at the home stretch here where we, we, we're not going to have to hear any more about Aaron Rodgers, at least it's coming to a close. We're going to have to for a while, I know, at least one season, but then it's over. It's over. It's done. It's on its way down. It's going to get less and less and less. Oh, oh I'm happy. I'm happy. Go back up. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm actively getting very giddy right now just thinking about it because it's, it's everything is so compressed. We're so close to everything. So, so the deal's done which is great. So we don't have to sweat about not getting a deal done. This, that, or is it going to be this? Could it be bad compensation? You know, I mean, the the other side of the coin is it, it could have been slightly worse than expectation, which would have been what? Like a second round pick and a third round next year or something like that? Or a, a second round pick this year, a second round pick next year, and a give back in 2025 if he doesn't play or in 2024 if he retires or however that all pans out. Because that's kind of what we were talking about, too. But but it's not bad compensation. It's actually better than we thought. But then on top of that, we got the draft. The freaking draft. It's happening. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Boom. Done deal. So And, and then we've got uh, press conferences. We're going to have more news and notes about all this stuff and what happened and how it went down. There's going to be the official thing. Because Gutekunz is like, we need this to be official before the draft. So in the next couple of days, this is officially going to be official. And there's some contract reworking, which I don't think is actually going to be as big as... Some people are thinking, like, maybe we're going to save a bunch of money. I don't think we can save any money because all the money we owe is, like, it's locked in. We paid it. You have to pay it. So I don't know what all that means, but we'll see. We'll see how that all gets reworked. Um, Or maybe whoever posted that just said it wrong. I don't know. But it's just, it's news on top of news on top of news, and we're just going to be looking at prospects, and we're going to be grinding. We're going to be talking about our favorite guys and guys we like, and then the draft's going to come, and we got all this stuff, and then next year we got 2024 mocks, and blah, 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 blah. It's all good news. Hello, caller number five. Hey, what's I'm up? I'm supposed to be mad at Goot, uh, oh. is what I was told before today. Okay. I'm supposed to be critical of the man, and 
You yeah. know, we're going to get fleeced and, oh, man, what's going on, dude? It, you're on a roll, and I hate to do this, but I, I forget my own thoughts pretty frequently. One of the things that I think is fun is to actually put our theories to the test. And so, obviously, these things are slightly disconnected, but there is a general expectation based on your interpretation of how good of a GM Brian Gutekunst is, right? I mean, we've seen this throughout. People that generally don't think GM that Gutekunst is a good GM think we're not going to get great compensation, and people that think that he is a good GM would have higher expectations of what he'll be able to uh, achieve for the Green Bay Packers. So I'm just curious, for all of the people that are skeptical of Brian Gutekunst, and it's not to say that you're wrong in the past, but I'm just saying... If you have a general disposition toward he's not good at his job, is this what you thought was going to happen? Because if not, let me just suggest something to you. Let's have an open mind about the fact that maybe he's not as bad as you think. There are things that have happened in the past that you don't agree with. That's going to happen with every single GM that has ever existed and will ever exist, I promise you. I promise you, promise you, promise you. Ron Wolf, Ted Thompson, every GM through all history on every single football team is going to do something that's going to piss you off. Gutekunst does it to me every year in the first round without fail. He's going to do it this year probably too. But there's a larger question of is he bad at his job or is he good at his job? And if you think overall, then you can, you know, again, some people separate it out. Like he's good in free agency and in trades, he's bad in drafting, whatever. But Speaking more to a, an audience of people that just think he's just largely garbage, like, uh, for example, uh, Pat McAfee, who thinks he's just a bumbling idiot. And Packer fans that love that are cheering like, yeah, get him, he is an idiot. Is this what you expected from your idiot GM? Was this luck? Or do you think maybe we should reassess things? Because a lot of the very like pro Rogers anti-good crowd were saying the Packers have no leverage and Gutekunst is an idiot, so the compensation probably shouldn't have been around what it is. So, again, I'm not going to seek you out and fight you. I don't know who you are out there. Nobody wants to call into the show, really, and, and have that conversation. But, again, it's not about conflict. It's about what I really want is for you to reassess and just stop by yourself. I'm not asking you to go do your mea culpas on Twitter and I'm so sorry and take your, your public lashings and have your, your communist struggle sessions or whatever. I'm just saying privately in the safety of your own home, sit down for five minutes and think to yourself, have I been maybe a little biased based on a couple decisions that I didn't like? because I'm stuck on this Rogers for Scoot thing, or because I really hate the Jordan Love thing, or maybe that's all one big thing, or uh, whatever it is the decision is that drives me nuts about Gutekunst. Maybe it was the contract that he gave. And because of that one thing, based on a guy that's made hundreds of decisions for the Green Bay Packers, but there's been one, two, three, four, five decisions he's made that have made me so angry that it has clouded my judgment and my ability to assess the man and his, his duties, maybe I should stop. Because, again... Your assumptions about something are only as good as its ability to predict the future. And if you're constantly predicting the future wrong, like all the people that said the Packers have no leverage and they think that Gutekunst is a complete idiot, it's not a coincidence that you continually come up wrong and I continually come up right in these issues. Right? It's not because I'm a super genius. I'm just seeing it as it is. That's it. Right, And that's, again, it's not to say that Gutekunst isn't going to make a mistake, and I'm sure he's going to tick me off in the first round, which means nothing, because it's probably still going to be a great pick, and I'm going to be the one that was wrong, despite the temper tantrum display that I will uh, put forth on uh, Thursday, undoubtedly. 
Quay freaking Walker. Are you serious? <laughs> but the entire point is, your point of view is only as good as its ability to predict the future. That's what I've been harping on with all this stuff to begin with, with, with Brian Gutekunst. Give me your philosophy, and I'll give you my philosophy, and we can compare the notes based on how those things can help us predict the future. Right? So you say, I think teams that do this will be more successful. And I say, well, I think teams that do this will be more successful. And then we can actually quantify the value of our views. So this would be an example of saying, I think the Packers have no leverage because Gutekunst got us into a really stupid garbage position. And I think because Gutekunst is a garbage negotiator and Joe Douglas is actually a master negotiator, we are not going to end up with nearly the amount of value that a lot of Packer fans think. That was the right conclusion based on your two premises, but your premises were wrong, right? If the conclusion was wrong, you have to go back and figure out where did I get it wrong. And I do think that, and that's what gets me so upset about, uh, what's his name, the, the, the big Jets fan over there. If you got it wrong, you have to go back and reassess what, it did, what did I get wrong? Because it's, it's impossible for the Packers to end up getting the better value if both things are true that they have a better GM and they have more leverage. It's impossible that we come to this conclusion, which means you were wrong. Just something to think about. Again, this isn't me trying to get into a fight with you or embarrass you. Or I'm just saying it's, it's, it's for your own benefit and for your own growth. I thought this, it didn't happen. You got to go back to what the things were that brought you to that conclusion to find out which of those things were wrong. All right, we got two more calls that came in after the uh, after the trade, and I think that'll end up perfectly. They're both Aaron. Aaron, tell me what's going on in your world. Hey, Ryan, Aaron here. Um, you're probably not getting many calls because of Aaron Rodgers' trade just officially happened. Zero. So I figured I'd fill up everything that I can and help you out, and so it's not just boring because, I mean, it's not big news or anything that Aaron Rodgers officially got traded. No. Nope. Um, anyways, uh, so... I, th- I agree. I think the compensation is great. I think we can do, can do a lot of things, but that's actually not why I'm calling. I'm not calling specifically about the trade. I'm just going to kind of provide a different outlook to what a lot of people are saying. A lot of people are saying that um, the Packers are going to be awful and you need to be, you, you expect them to be bad and everything and they're not going to win two games this year. Uh, but I, here I am thinking about, like, if there's ever been anything where it's like I've been at work and there's, like, this thing that's just, like, dragging me down and I'm just like, can this person just be done or, like, can we finally move on from this person? Um, my thing is that it's like there's, there's so much relief that comes from that. And so while everyone is expecting to see the Packers come out and play just awful – I have a feeling that they're going to probably outperform what even they expect. Just out of simple kind of relief of being like, we can go out and play the way we want to play now. Um, We don't have this other, like, tampering of, like, what's going to happen. And so now it's just kind of like, just for the fact of there's not that drama, I think that I'm not going to expect them to outplay themselves. But I think that they're going to surprise a lot of people yeah. and perform better than they probably should. Uh, just out of the simple fact of gathering around the team, of now they can just focus on them, 
but Matt LaFleur can lead the way that he wants to lead and have the player-led team that he has. Um, so that's just kind of where I'm at. Uh, so hopefully you get enough calls uh, because I can't imagine you're getting any right now after 12 is officially a check. Anyways, have a good night and eat some barbecue. Yes. And go smoke some pulled pork, duff, pork butt, yep. uh, tofu. Since no, you probably like get tofu out of my face. Or not, um, Freak but show. Bye. <laughs> Such a douche. Um, you know, one of the things that came to mind as you were mentioning that because that that is one of the things that comes up, right? I mean, there's so many variables that go into things. It's hard to make sweeping claims about whether the team will be better based on this, that, or the other because better is contingent on a whole bunch of stuff but i think we know for a fact that some things will get better and some things will get worse right we don't have a guy like rogers who you know there there isn't a quarterback that has his knowledge in the nfl right now right with tom brady being out and everything else like he's definitively the guy there's nobody smarter more knowledgeable about the quarterback position than he is but i also think there are going to be certain benefits um now we don't know again the hard part is as much as I want to jump on that train, I don't necessarily know to what degree that was a thing. Like, we know to some degree it was a thing. We know it wasn't zero, that Rodgers wasn't influencing the team, and, you know, Matt LaFleur wasn't able to do exactly what he wanted. And and by the way, that's not even to say that we're going to be better off. It's possible that Rodgers saved us from a complete disaster of a Matt LaFleur offense. I have no idea. But we assume it is going to be better, and, and I think most of us, if nothing else, are excited to see the sort of unfettered, unleashed version of Matt LaFleur just to see what it looks like to see a quarterback that stays within it and everything just runs the way it's supposed to run as, as a system but one of the things that has stuck out or did stick out especially with the Brian Gutekunst press conference um, is how much more willing he is to sort of be negative about Aaron Rodgers now that this deal is done because you can't do that when Rodgers is here he kind of did it when Rodgers was out the door but was still a little bit censored I think he was the most uncensored toward Aaron Rodgers that he's ever been, even though he didn't necessarily make any direct comments. There were some pretty direct comments, right? Um, the one that's really circulating around the interwebs right now was the question was was essentially asked, I mean, in, in a way, almost making it seem like, are you sure this is a good idea letting Rodgers go? But it was, it was something to the effect of like, do you see this as being risky? And he said, dude, we were, what was it, eight and nine last year. We're trying to be a good football team. In other words, you're asking me, do you run the risk of like being bad if Rodgers leaves? He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Last year, we were bad. We're trying to be better than we were last year. But to me, that wasn't even the most pointed thing. What The, the most pointed to me was when asked about... <sighs> trying to phrase this the way that it was phrased, but I think it was Wildy because that guy always... You could always tell... And I shouldn't say that because maybe it wasn't him. And I think it's Wildy. I'm not positive. But the guy asks questions and he makes it sound like he thinks it's the most like deep and profound and whatever thing in the world. And it's like, would you just ask your stupid question already and get it on with? But he's got like this somber tone. It's like, Brian, um, in the year 2020, you as a GM in the league that is the NFL were asked the question. It's like, dude, what are you do? Just say the words, drama queen. But anyways, he referenced in the past when he said, you know, back from my days, you you were always told that if you have the quarterback, you do anything and everything you can to kind of to, to keep that guy. 
And he said, you know, after all these years of dealing with Aaron Rodgers, did you ever question whether or not that maybe you put up with too much with him or something to that effect? And the answer was more or less. I'm not going to cue it up because it's packing after dark. I want to not do all that work. Maybe, maybe not tomorrow, but the next day. Tomorrow's done. The answer was something to the effect of, listen, we were competing for the playoffs. He had just won MVP. You're willing to put, you know, you always put up with, with players, right? I mean, certain players, they, they're, they're kind of, you just got to deal with their stuff. And Rodgers, you know, it's just one of those things you got to deal with. And it, it was just, it was, again, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but it was the fact that after all these years, like he would never come out and just say like Rodgers was the problem. It's like, no, we got to work together. We got to collaborate. We have to do these things. He flat out was just like, look, he's a freaking little drama queen, baby diva. And he wants to cry and complain and all that stuff. But you got to put up with all that if you want to go win games, because that's just how players get sometimes. Again, not exactly what he said, but at the same time, that is exactly what he said. So for the first time ever, kind of, I mean, he was kind of getting into this as far as like with him not answering his phone. You could tell he was like starting to take shots at him. He was feeling so good about it. He is continuing that trend because... He flat out was was painting it not as like, I have some things to work on and like he's right and we got to collaborate, all that crap. He basically was just like, look, sometimes you got to put up with little diva crybaby D-bags being little diva crybaby D-bags to go and win. But here's the thing. It's not just necessarily about him whining to the GM and crying on Pat McAfee and all this stuff about how I missed Kumaro and they did this to me on purpose just because they hate me, which is the most ridiculous thing in the world. But it also makes you wonder, like, who else is putting up with stuff? Is it just the GM or is it possibly the head coach who has to put up with some stuff? Like, for example, when he's trying to go through stuff in the meeting room and the quarterback uh, screams out, essentially, we're not doing that play. And then he goes, "Okay," and he has to cross it out of his book because you don't dare cross Aaron Rodgers because you got to put up with his BS in order to continue on with him so that he can help you to win football games. Again, one of the things that I had heard, and it depends what rumors you believe and don't believe, but I tend to believe this, is that one of the things that really pushed Rodgers over the edge was when he found out that Matt LaFleur was one of the people that Brian Gutekunst talked to when he went through the process and, and kind of got everybody's opinion on where what direction they'd like to go. Matt LaFleur said he wanted to move on to Jordan Love. That was one of the things that really got Aaron Rodgers. But I don't doubt it, especially when, listen, you're, we're only putting up with all of this stuff because we're winning and because we're right on the cusp of a Super Bowl. If we have a losing record, zero people want to put up with that anymore. I'm talking players in the locker room. I'm talking the freaking water boy, head coach, offensive coordinator, GM, the president, the 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 guy that drives the golf carts and gives tours. Well, he probably likes Rodgers, but nobody wants to put up with it. Right? It's 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 a necessary evil. What what is it when the necessary goes away? So again, I don't know to what degree this is a benefit, but I'm getting the impression from Brian Gutekunst that there have been a lot of things that this team and the coaches and the players and the GM and the personnel people have had to put up with that they are so excited that they don't have to put up with anymore. And I do think we're going to see some of that. And and by the way, I think the players, we're already seeing that. Again, not just the fact that the, the the players are getting together in the offseason working out, but you're starting to see pictures coming out of uh, their OTAs or whatever this part of the process is called. Who cares? 
again, Jordan loves working out, and you've got the team just rallied around. I mean, it's like a college thing. They're gathered around him, like, screaming and, and, like, having a good time. Like, that, it's just a different energy and a different vibe that wasn't there. And I think people feel that freedom to be able to do that stuff that they didn't necessarily feel in the past. So without knowing the specific things or to what degree it's a positive compared to the negatives, I know that there are going to be positives. And I'm just excited to see how that manifests itself. I guess that would be sort of my full answer to that. What's up, Brian? Just be Aaron again. Hey. Um, I just had the thought that I was going to finish my last call with immediately after I hung up, and that's how it usually goes. All right. Um, so sorry that I'm calling back again because I know that you do have a billion calls. Even you are the last one, so take your time. Um, so I'm just... I think a lot of thing that big thing that a lot of people are overlooking in this is that uh, we have a new assistant head coach by the name of Rich Basaccia. Mm, who, it's true. If I think that if Matt Lafleur doesn't have the like rah rah leadership in your face like coach that we need, I think that Rich Basaccia is going to step up and be that kind of guy that goes, "Hey, get your beef together. Um, why the beef are you dropping passes?" Um, why the beep are you not tackling? Um, <laughs> Thank so you for doing that for that, me. I think that that's something that's getting majorly overlooked in all of this is that we did promote Rich Fasatra and we still have him around and he's going to play a big role. Anyways, uh, bye. Well, yeah, a little known uh, fact. I don't know if you guys knew this or not. But um, they promoted Rich Versace to that position because of what I had said on this podcast. They, they, they're avid, avid listeners to the Packernet podcast. And um, essentially what I had said is they should get a guy like Rich Versace or, you know, just Rich Versace to be like an assistant, um, assistant head coach because they need that sort of leadership guy that they can rally around. But you don't want to take Matt LaFleur away from his role. And you're certainly not going to demote him to offensive coordinator because he's not going to take that role. But yeah, I mean, it's the absolute best of both worlds because I think they need that leadership that I don't necessarily think Matt LaFleur has. And you're right, it's, it's, a, it's a very important thing to be able to have him and to be able to get, because I don't know to what degree it's it's overstepping your bounds to be the special teams coordinator to step up and, and start screaming at guys' face in, in guys' faces, but to give him that authority to be like, yeah, you're the special teams guy and you kind of run special teams drills, but also... When we're doing offensive and defensive stuff, I want you standing next to me so that while I make corrections, you go run out there and kick some guy in the nuts and tell him to never do that again, right? You're the guy, like when we break down the huddle, instead of me doing it, kind of stuttering in the middle of a group of guys and like trying to get all rah-rah, which, you know, no offense, Matt, I've seen the videos. It's it's kind of embarrassing. I mean, I couldn't do it. I, I'm just saying, I, I couldn't do that either. But I always I always feel really uncomfortable when I watch those like locker room um or halftime speeches or any of that stuff. Like after a win, he's doing his whole like that's that's a great win, gentlemen, and da da da. Because you look at the players and they've got like this smirk on their face where it's kind of like they're watching their little brother at like a school play where it's really bad, but you feel bad for him and you you kind of encourage him like, oh, you're doing great, bud. That was a good try, real real nice there, Matt. I don't see like the genuine like let's go, Lafleur gets me so jacked. Like nobody's doing that. I think Rich could be that dude. So I think it makes a great tandem. Matt LaFleur is the head coach. He does all the planning. He does all the when we do the meetings and what happens and the direction of the team and the offense and all that stuff. Like everything's good to go. But I want Rich to take a prominent role in the leadership aspect of the team. 
the the vocal mouthpiece of of sort of communicating from the coaching staff to the the players. And again, not that Rodgers would ever like jump in the middle of that and be like, "You shut your mouth. Here's how it's going to go." But just to sort of not have that thing hovering, to be able to have like young guys to really eat that up and get excited about it. Because again, and 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 maybe Matt Lafleur was also part of the problem because he was the same as Aaron Rodgers, or at least they conveyed that same message of. Well, it's all about the expectation, and we have an expectation here in Green Bay, and we set the standard, and you got to meet the standard. And Rodgers essentially was just like, dude, I don't know, these freaking idiots. I showed up to practice, haven't talked to him since last practice, but anyways, I showed up to practice, and I wanted them to be better than they were, and they didn't know what they're doing. I'm freaking done with these idiots. They just got to be better. You going to help? No, I'm not going to help. I mean, that's on them. They need to meet that standard. We have a standard here. We've explained the standard like 900 times. I've said the word standard probably like 1,002 times. I, I repeatedly say the word standard, and I don't know. They just don't get better when I say standard. It's really weird. It'll be great if we can give these young guys something to really genuinely believe. Because, they listen, they want that. Jair and especially the defense and the secondary, like this is their personality. Like we're the greatest. We're the what that that that. You know what I mean? Like this is what young guys feed off of. Twenty-two year old dudes, twenty-five year old guys. We're gonna be the greatest. We're gonna be remember. This is gonna be the greatest defense. It's about team. It's about this. That, 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 that. Give them a ta- a chance to be excited about rallying around something, as opposed to like meeting a standard and you know about their own personal contracts and their own personal wants and needs and desires. Again, I think old guys get jaded by that stuff. We got a lot of young guys. Let's get a coach in there that knows how to talk, knows how to get these guys fired up, and let's let them get crazy. Maybe Quay can, you know, dial it back a little bit, but that's what I'm saying. Quay gets fired up, maybe a little too fired up, but get fired up. I want you to do that. Not the punching thing, but like just the fired up thing. Anyways, um, I'm going to get going. You guys have yourselves a great night, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.